Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Well, hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 76 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and I want to ask you this. When did you begin experiencing Braxton Hicks contractions? And what did they feel like? Today's guest, Megan Brown, has quite an intense go with Braxton Hicks contractions, so much so that I hate to even call them that. But we'll learn exactly what she did to cope and we'll see how that served her during her two labors. Now, before we jump into the interview, I have a few announcements. There are new shirts in the store with matching onesies for your babe or a shirt for your child. Adult shirts read home birther and onesies or kid shirts read home birthed. I cannot wait to get my matching shirts, so I hope that you're feeling the same way. Just go to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash merch to check out all of the cuteness and all of the options. Also, if you're loving this podcast, would you please do me a favor or hopefully two? Would you first take a screenshot of this episode on your phone and add it to your Instagram stories tagging Happy Home Birth Podcast? Then, if you've got just a minute to spare, Could you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave five stars and a review? You know my goal is to normalize home birth and spreading the word about this podcast is, in my humble opinion, a great way to do just that. Leaving a review helps me so much with this. It just gains more and more exposure for the podcast. So thank you so much for all of you who have left reviews in the past and for all of you who are leaving one right this second. So much appreciation. All right, that's all I've got for now. Please remember that the opinions of my guests might not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and neither one of us are medical professionals, so continue to see your doctor, midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. Megan, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be able to be on here. I know. I'm so excited. We were talking before we actually started the interview about how you went through the founders course of the Happy Home Birth um, Childbirth Education class. So I'm really excited to be talking to you and connecting kind of on a one-on-one basis. Yeah, same. I feel like we are friends already, so it's kind of cool yeah. to like, be able to chat this way. So I'm yeah. drinking my coffee right now, so we're just like hanging out. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, I'm down. <laughs> well, great. Well, if you wouldn't mind, would you just start by introducing yourself to the listeners? Sure. Yeah. My name's Megan. Um, I am 26 years old. I've got two kids. Chester is three. NASA is one. And I'm married to the best guy ever, Jonathan. Um, And we actually own our own company. We make wedding films. Um, And I'm currently training to be a doula um, and working on building and launching my business for that. So yeah, that's a little bit of me. Yeah, you've got a lot going on. Very nice. It's good. good (laughs) So, okay, let's start back at the beginning. When Mm -hmm. you got pregnant with your first I would love to hear what that was like and what your kind of plans, hopes, dreams were for that pregnancy and birthing experience. 
for sure. So um, Jonathan and I got married in 2015 in May. Um, and three months later, found out we were pregnant with my son. So um, he was not um, planned, but it was, yeah, it was a bit of a challenging, like, beginning start for everything. When um, we found out that we were expecting, we had been planning for, to wait five years. So we were just, like, in shock. Five um, years, five days, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it took, it took me, honestly, like, a couple weeks to kind of warm up to the idea that I was expecting. Um, and I hadn't thought about birth much. So it was like, okay, I guess we got to figure this stuff out. Um, so... Yeah, I had, um, I always knew I wanted kids. That was like not really a question for me, but the timing was. And then, so when I found out I was pregnant with Chester, we, I knew right away I wanted to meet with midwives, um, but I actually didn't really know what that meant. Um, so I live in Ontario, so it's like you either get your midwives or your OB um, and everything's funded by the government, which is amazing. Um, so I got in touch with my midwives and thankfully they had space because um, they book up really, really fast. Um, and I had no idea what that meant when I was um, <laughs> signing up for it. I found out in like my third appointment that by hiring a midwife, that meant I was going to have a natural childbirth. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I was like, oh, can I, can I do that? Like, I don't know. I've never really thought about it. Um, but I really loved my care providers and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I can handle that. Like, um, I had grown up watching puppies be born all the time because my mom's a dog breeder. Um, and the mom dogs were always fine. So I was like, I'll be fine. I can handle it. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) It was just like such a ridiculous situation. And I felt so undereducated. Um, so I went to like a home birth versus hospital birth mid um, information night at my midwives and it like really got me interested. And my husband was totally on board um, to like have a conversation, see what things meant um, and kind of move forward. Um, So we did, we kept our like options open, I guess. I had like planned to prepare a hospital bag, but was also like reading anime's guide to childbirth. Um, (laughs) So totally had in mind that I would like have a natural birth with my midwives. Um, And then it was just a question of home or hospital. And I lived 10 minutes from the hospital. So it was like, "Eh, either way, it's going to all be the same. (laughs) That's that's Um, nice. It's like a game time decision. (laughs) Totally. So we did towards the end of my pregnancy decide, okay, we're going to do home. Like this would be amazing there's no reason my pregnancy was so smooth. Like I was just tired, but I was never sick. Like everything was totally fine. Um, so it was like, yeah, we can do this. Um, so yeah, towards, I think it was like at 34 weeks, we decided for sure we were going to plan for home, um, which didn't change anything with my care. Which, like, which was the amazing part of my midwives because they have full permission to provide care in the hospital or at home. That is so, so nice. Like that continuity of care, no matter what. Oh, that's amazing. It, yeah, it is very cool. I'm learning now, like as I had my, like my second and stuff, like there are some restrict, like quite a few restrictions on the midwives because of that. Gotcha. Um, but there are some really like key strengths as well. Um, yeah. The other thing that um, played into my pregnancy with my son was I started having Braxton Hicks contractions like 
at 20 weeks. So yeah, they were like really intense. And I called my, my doula, I had hired a doula, um, and my midwife a couple of times thinking I was in labor at like 22, 24 weeks because I had been having contractions every one to two minutes um, that were like intense and like I had to breathe through them and move through them um, and they'd last like three or four hours. Wow. What? So two questions related to that. Mm-hmm. The first one, what did that do to you psychologically? Like how were you handling <laughs> that? Well, at first I was so scared because it was so early and I had no idea what was happening. Um So I like, I called my midwife kind of frantic. I was like, I'm going to have this baby so early. I don't know if like, he'll be okay. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, so that was like really, really scary. Um, it it turned out as I chatted with my doula some more, um, we noticed a direct correlation between having sex and my Braxton Hicks. Um, (laughs) we just like pulled back on that, like eased off. Um, but then my contractions did continue and it was hard because my midwives came to a point where they're like, if you have no other signs of labor and it's just the contractions, like you're okay. Don't like, don't worry about that. Like, don't call us. You're totally fine. Um, and they were like, if you're really worried, obviously get in touch, but you're okay. (laughs) I cannot like, Oh, first time mother, <laughs> like yeah. feeling these contractions and being, I mean, yeah, what are they going to do? Like, I, I totally understand what they're saying. It's just like putting myself in your shoes of, okay, well, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to know when I'm actually having this baby? Totally. And I think that was the hardest part for me was like, okay, so if no other signs happen, like, when do I know I'm in labor? And, um, yeah, it honestly, like, I am so grateful for them looking back, especially after having my son, because I was like, man, I got so good at managing contractions. <laughs> like, I knew how to I breathe thought. through them, how to like control my emotions and my response through it. And like, I could do that all day. And I did do it all day. There were so yeah. many days I was at work and was just like, okay, here they go. Like, and it was mentally exhausting and physically, like, my body was working so hard all the time. Um, but it was like, it was such good practice for when like birth day came. Wow. So. so did you notice anything helping it? Like, was there like, you know, like the, the general recommendations? <laughs> Honestly, like I would try walking. No, I would sometimes take a bath that would sometimes help. Um, I didn't like drink wine or anything. Um, I never had it in the house. (laughs) That was just my factor. Um, Like, honestly, the only thing that would help was sometimes going to sleep, but I would still wake up to them. So yeah, like there, I did not find like a respite. Um, It was, it was tricky for sure. Well, okay. So you've got these Braxton Hicks going on. How did that lead up to your labor? What was that like? Okay. So I they continued. They actually got more and more intense um, to the point where it was like eight hour stretches of like contractions every one to two minutes apart. Like I, and I would time them in an app on my phone and it would always just like go off within two contractions and be like, go to the hospital. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm not going to the hospital. Like be quiet phone, like turn those notifications off. Um, but I wanted to keep on top of them in case they were like gaining in intensity or consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I woke up one morning and we had sex that morning. So that definitely like kicked my Braxton Hicks into gear. Um, so it was like 10:30 AM. They were intense. And I was like, Oh boy, I have to go to work today. Um, and I worked at an office job at the time. Um, so I just remember like sitting in the basement, like working at my computer and just like hating my life. I was so annoyed that they just continued. And I was like, why did we do that this morning? Like <laughs> I did this to myself. Um, <laughs> so it was just like, it was really intense. It was really like a lot of work throughout the day. So I was supposed to work till like four or five. Um, and I worked from 1030 until I think it was two. And I was just like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. So I talked to my boss. I was 36 weeks and three days. Okay. Um, so I was still preterm. And I was like, well, I'm not like, this isn't labor. Like, I'm just exhausted. Um, so I talked to my boss and he was like, yeah, go home, get some rest. Like, I get it. You're tired. Like, this is intense. He knew like my whole situation. Um, and it was just a really small company. So, and he had six kids. So he like totally got, got it. it. Um, the best. yeah, it was great. So he sent me home. Um, and I remember on the way and I did this every time I had contractions like Braxton Hicks, I'd call my husband and we'd make a plan in case it was labor mm. because I like, I didn't want to be caught off guard and be like, okay, well, <laughs> like shoes um we're all of a sudden in labor and not prepared at all um and that's just kind of the person I am so I called my husband on my drive home and I was like okay so I'm going home I'm having a bath and I'm going to sleep if this is labor it will pick up and be more intense and if it is not I'm going to get a rest and that's great um and I was like are you able to get a ride home in case I'm in labor because we only have one car right. um and like we live in a big city like a big spread out city with not a lot of transit and like he was out in the country. So if we, if he needs to get anywhere, he needs a ride or else I was going to have to come pick him up. And I was like, if I'm in labor, I'm not picking you up. I have the car. <laughs> um, so yeah, I went home and I had a bath and my contraction slowed down and I took a two hour nap and it was lovely. Um, and I had plans to go out with my high school, like graduating class with some of my friends um at this really nice restaurant so we got up then I got up and I got ready and put my makeup on did my hair like I looked great <laughs> um even though I've been having these contractions and they did continue but they were less um and I went to this restaurant and it's like one of the fanciest restaurants in our city mm -hmm. um it's like a super common wedding venue and stuff so now I actually work there all the time um doing weddings which is so funny um because I sat through dinner and my friends all kind of knew what was happening. I was timing my contractions still because they picked up as soon as I woke up. Mm -hmm. And it was like, well, still no other signs. Like I was like, and I was preterm. So I was like, well, we're fine. Like I'm not having this baby, but I'll keep on top of it. Um, we finished supper. I had like the biggest meal of all time, um, <laughs> like a giant burger, like brie charcuterie board, like, oh. The works. <laughs> same. I definitely continued to eat soft cheeses throughout my pregnancies. Yes, um, same. <laughs> I was like, I'm not giving that up. Um, yeah, so I had this huge supper and then I got up to go to the washroom, um, went pee, whatever, and came back. And as soon as I like put my hand on my chair to pull it out to sit down, I felt like a pop. Oh, um, no. <laughs> 
but I was like a hundred meters away from the bathroom. So I went running to the bathroom, like, and I, I could feel my water breaking and like trickling down my legs. Oh. And I think because I was moving, it kind of held stuff in, like, because I was moving so quickly, my legs were kind of together. Um, and I got to the bathroom, like right over the drain in the bathroom and my water just gushed oh. everywhere. Yeah. So there was a classic moment. It was like a movie. And I was like, are you kidding me? This doesn't happen to people. Like, and looking back, I'm like, okay, I was in labor all day, but I didn't know that. So it felt like the first sign of labor was this water breaking. And it was like, there was a trickle of amniotic fluid from my table all the way to the bathroom. (laughs) And I, and my, my best friend actually works at this restaurant. So it was like, she she just took care of cleaning it up. Wrapped <laughs> them like, up. <laughs> it was just such a joke, and I like cl- like tried to clean up the floor. And as I was cleaning it up, I also lost my mucus mucus plug. Oh. So I was like, okay, this is happening. Um, yeah. Get up! You're doing more harm than good. <laughs> Seriously. So this is like nine thirty p.m. So at this point, like my contractions had started at 1030 in the morning. Um, and I was like, okay, I guess things might pick up. Um, so I called my midwife first. No, I called my husband first. Um, <laughs> just to be like, okay, so my water broke. Can you get a ride home? And I'll meet you at home. Because I hadn't packed my bag um, to go to the hospital. Because I was like, I'm planning home birth. Um, so I didn't have a bag, but I knew because I was before 37 weeks, I would need to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, there's really not much give on that policy to my understanding. Right. Um, and I was like, well, he is early. So I do want to make sure he's okay. Um, he was so whatever. We'll get into that. Um, <laughs> looking back, I would change things. Um, so I called my midwife and she was like, okay, I actually need to go grab your chart from the clinic and then I'll meet you at the hospital. How long is it going to take you? And I was like, I don't know. I have to go home, get my stuff, and then get to the hospital. I was like, it'll take me a couple hours probably. Right. <laughs> um, and I was like, well, like first labors are long. So I've got lots of time ahead of me. <laughs> um, first so- labors are long. Granted, you've been in labor for weeks now, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The things I didn't consider um, at all. So I, yeah, I worked out a plan. I was like, I can't drive home. Like, I'm not gonna, it was a 40 minute drive back to my oh. house. Oh, so wow. I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing the drive. Um, so one of my other friends was there with me. So she like drove me in my car back to my house. Um, and then she and her husband were just gonna like figure their car out later, oh. um, which was wonderful. Mm-hmm. So I like went back out to the table and was like, hey guys, so my water just broke. So. I gotta go. Um, it was the end of the meal, so we were leaving anyways. It was perfect timing. I have no complaints there. <laughs> and I just, I remember standing outside in front of the restaurant, gave my friends a hug, and was just like, okay, guys, I'm gonna go have a baby now. Oh, and so neat. It, was, it was so surreal. I was like, I was still totally calm, like, totally. I was like, what is happening? But I was like, confident. Um, and I was like, I've been handling this, I can keep handling this. Um, and I just remember like one of my friends, he was just, he was the only guy with us and he was so like weirded out by (laughs) this woman in labor. Like 
he was just like, I, uh, okay, do you need anything? I was like, no, I'm good. I've got everything under control. Um, and it was just such a cool moment of like being with people and like in labor, which is such a like surreal experience. I loved it. That is really um, neat and memorable. Yeah. And like, I'll never forget that. So I, yeah, I hopped in the car with my friend and she drove me and she was like, she told me later that she was like freaking out because I was like making noises and couldn't talk to her during my contractions and like, yeah. Um, and she was like so nervous that I was going to give birth in her car, in my car with her driving on the way. And I was like, whatever, it's all good. I felt fine. Um, they were intense, but they weren't like, they weren't painful. They were just work like my Braxton Hicks I've been. So I got home and as I got out, I threw up on the front lawn. Like I lived in a condo. So I threw up on the front lawn, made it upstairs, tried to go pee, couldn't pee, could barely close, but like um, get dressed because I had thrown my underwear out at the restaurant because they were just such a disaster. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And my doula was like helping me with all this. And like, she was just like, walking me through getting dressed and trying to hurry me up because I guess I was moving really slowly yeah awesome yeah so she was there my husband was back home which was great um and then we shooed my friend that drove me home we shooed her out so that I would have like the privacy to throw up everywhere apparently (laughs) um yeah so I was like I was in full-blown transition at this point at home um but I didn't know the signs of that. Um, My doula did. So she was like, okay, we got to get going. We got to get to the hospital. So we loaded into the car and she sat in the back with me and just like was chatting me through like what's going to happen. And she's like, so just so you know, we might get to the hospital and you might have like eight to 10 hours longer of this. Like, just so you know, like it feels like things are moving quickly, but they might not be. So they'll check you and they'll let you know. Um, Like, what's going to happen. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to the hospital and um, John dropped us off. And I remember standing outside and it was chilly because it was like early May. Um, and I remember shivering. And as soon as I was shivering, my contractions were painful um, mm-hmm. because my body was tense. Mm-hmm. So I was like, uh, let's go outside. So I just went and stood in the warmth and like was able to totally relax my body and the contractions were no longer painful. Um, so I was figuring out like that tension created pain mm-hmm. um, and being relaxed didn't. Um, so that was pretty cool. And we hey, made it up so to me that you were able to like, that you made that connection on your own. Totally. And I like, I read anime, so right. I like, I knew some of it and I had like talked through a lot of like, wow, this is crazy that like, yeah, the tension creates pain, like leads to pain, but actually practicing it is a whole other thing. Right. Um, and having the wherewithal to like go there mentally. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was really cool. And then we made it up to triage where they like insisted on checking me and um, I had to lay down um, on the like stupid triage bed (laughs) and laying down was the worst like it was the worst place to be um upright I was like totally under control like could like just chat and move through my contractions like chat between but as soon as I laid down they were like so incredibly painful Mm -hmm. and I was like 
begging them to let me stand up and they're like no you have to lay down we have to check you um and my midwife had met me there so she like checked me in triage which was great that it wasn't like a nurse or somebody that I didn't know right um so she checked me and I will never forget she um just like all of a sudden to me and to the rest of the room was like ah she's fully she's fully dilated we're ready to go this baby is coming and I was just like what the heck I was expecting her to be like, yeah, you're two centimeters. Like we've got a ways to go. Um, <laughs> no. no, I was fully dilated. Baby's coming. Um, so they like, I was on like a wheelie bed, I guess. And they just like threw me in the closest room. Like literally we wheeled like 15 meters down the, like down the hall. Right. And I was like in this room and they're like, your baby's coming. And I was like, what the heck is happening? Why did things get so frantic? Yeah. That is, um, that is the one thing I like, I love the idea of a mom, if she's going to the hospital, like getting there and it's like, okay, great. It's time to go. But there is so much like hustle and bustle and like, ah, like high tension when that happens. It seems like it can be, it can be a real negative. Oh, hey there. Let me just jump in here really quickly and let you know that today's podcast episode is sponsored by Happy Home Birth Academy, the premier childbirth education program for home birth mothers seeking to have an empowering, peaceful, mindful home birth. If you find yourself in that category, why don't you just hop on over to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash HHA and join the group. I am so excited to see you in there. It was crazy for me. And I had planned to just have my, my primary and like backup midwife there. And then my husband and my doula, those are going to be the only people in the room. But hospital policy again is because he was preterm. Um, anything before 37 weeks means there needs to be a pediatric team. Right. The whole freaking NICU is descending upon your room at this point. Which also there was a ton of students and, oh shoot, I don't remember why. I had a transfer of care. Oh, it was a full transfer of care from my midwives to an OB because I was preterm. So then there was also an OB and her whole team. So, but your midwife was still able to be kind of in charge or did the OB? Okay. So she was in the room. She works at that hospital all the time, had a good relationship with everybody, it seemed. So, um, she like, if she spoke, everybody listened, but the OB was like taking care of everything down there. Um, yeah. Mm. was honestly like, I, she didn't introduce herself. Like, as far as I can remember, like it was just, there were so many people and so many students in the room. Um, and I like, all of a sudden I'm fully dilated and they're like, you're going to push this baby out. And I was like, excuse me, (laughs) I'm not ready for this. Um, so it was crazy. And, um, I guess like they, I don't know, I was supposed to get like a antibiotic because they hadn't done a certain test on me. Uh-huh. They didn't have time to put the IV in, in order to get the antibiotic into me, which is nice, wonderful. Nice. I was like, yep, yeah, I'm just going to do my own thing. Um, and I don't remember having, uh, like, uh, the fetal monitor like strapped to me. I think they were just checking with a Doppler still, oh. which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, they did insist that I was on my back still and stayed in bed. Um, and as they were checking his, um, heart rate 
his heart rate did drop. So they put an oxygen mask on me. Um, but I have minor claustrophobia. So between the oxygen mask and all the people, I got so overwhelmed. Um, and yeah, my husband was there and I'm so grateful that he was watching me so closely. Like, because as soon as he noticed that I was getting like a little panicky, he went to my midwife and said, Megan is claustrophobic. Like some of these people need to back off. Mm -hmm. So she made an announcement to the room. And I just like remember a ton of people just like stepped back and gave me space. And, and it was like, okay, I can breathe. I can do this. Wow. Thank um, goodness. That's amazing. Yeah. I was so grateful. And like John had put some music on that, like probably only I could hear right by my ear just to help me kind of get into like a peaceful zone, even with all the crazy happening. Um, and my doula was like right in my face, like helping me like stay focused on what I was actually there to do. Um, not on all the people that were there. Um, so it was like, it was okay, but I guess it was time for me to push like right away. Um, I didn't really feel like I needed to, but they were like, okay, Megan, you're going to push this baby out. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And everybody um, here, like it's a theatrical production, like you've got to yeah. perform, you know? Yeah. So they put my knees up and, um, I was like given the coach to pushing and they were like, push, 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 like you're angry. And I, <laughs> Uh, my mid my doula will always like bring this up with me. Um, I was like, I don't want to push like I'm angry. I want to bring my baby into a world that's loving. Oh. And I like said that between contractions. <laughs> and they were like, okay, just push like you're really trying. I was like, of course I'm gonna do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Please give me more unnecessary advice. <laughs> I was just like, I'm gonna bring this baby in as calmly and lovingly as I can and not with anger is the first thing that he experiences. Nice. Um, so it was like two or three contractions and he like slid right out. He was very small. Mm. Um, and yeah, he just came right out. Um, they kind of did like an initial, like just glancing check at him, but everything was okay. So he came straight onto my chest. Oh, good. Um, and like, yeah, they, they practice like kind of delayed cord clamping. So it was like a minute is what they waited. So not very long, but it's better, better than, than nothing. Yeah. Um, and everything was fine. Like they did a little check on, on Chester, my son, and he was fine. Um, so the pediatric team just like left the room. They didn't need to do anything. Um, and yeah, it was great because like as much as he was preterm, he was still like, okay. Um, and it was just such a crazy moment of like holding my baby that came early that we weren't expecting in the first place. Like he was just such a surprise in every way. Um, <laughs> and when I held him for the first time, it was just like, this is what it's supposed to be. It was just like so perfect. And yeah, I'll like, I'll never forget just that feeling of like holding him for the first time and just being like, hi, baby, you made it. And I, yeah, the OB kind of hung out for a little bit. She's like, you have a minor lesion. So I'm just going to hold it here for a second. You won't need any stitches or repair. So like I didn't tear. It just was right. a little like lesion. Straight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was five pounds, 11 and a half ounces. So he was little. That's great. I mean, that's great for, since you had to be on your back with your. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So he was great. Um, he had a little bit of challenges like nursing and stuff at the beginning, but we 
figured it out. Um, and like the, the hospital was really great. They were very supportive, like super educated me on breastfeeding because I knew nothing. Um, so yeah, it was like, overall, it was like a decently positive experience. We had to stay 36 hours after he was born um, because he was preterm, which was right. super annoying because honestly, we were fine. Right. Like, we did not need to be there. And my midwives would have checked in on us like at home very frequently. So yeah, that was like an annoying policy that right. didn't really serve us, but I can see how it would serve other people. Right. I, I get that. Well, so yeah, I mean, it seems like that was an unexpected means of having your baby, <laughs> <laughs> but, but overall I can, yeah, I can understand that was a, that was a positive experience, you know, for, it, for what it was. It was like, there were very, like the, there weren't interventions. Yeah, like that's great. Right. There, there weren't, there wasn't time for the hospital to do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I'm really fortunate for that where like I came in and my body was just going to do its thing and they just had to come along for the ride. Mm -hmm. Um, there were a couple moments where they were like trying to grab for control of the labor and there was just no space for that. Um, (laughs) and I'm honestly, I'm so grateful that that was my experience because I've seen other people have very different experiences in the hospitals. So yeah, as much as it was like, not my ideal, it was kind of the ideal hospital situation. Right. Well, so let's compare that with, with what happened with your second baby. So mm-hmm. you said your youngest, how old is your youngest? She's just over one. Okay, great. So what was that like when you became pregnant for this second time? Okay. So she was planned, which was lovely. It was so <laughs> fun to like go through that experience. Um, and she like, it took a couple tries, but I got pregnant pretty quickly. Um, my pregnancy again was very smooth, like very little nausea. But this time, my Braxton Hicks started at 16 weeks. Oh, good. An extra so, month. Just yeah. fun. So, and they were like the same, just as intense, like crazy. Um, yeah. And this time I did like pulled all the stops. I did all the research. I like read all the books and had tons of conversations with my midwives about like, okay, what about this? What about this? Like, I don't want this. Is there any way to avoid like just a bunch of stuff? Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt like honestly so much more aware of what was happening this time. But, and I knew without a doubt, I wanted a home birth. Um, that was like my one thing. I was like, I, I need to have this baby at home. Um, so I, but I, that meant I need to make it full term. And it was like, who knows? Cause my daughter, my son came early. Like, will my daughter come even earlier than that? Like sometimes that happens. And one of my best friends that had just happened to her. She had her first daughter at the same time I had Chester. And then her second came at 35 weeks. So I was like, crap. This cannot be the way it goes for me. Um, so I just like, I came up with this mantra of like, baby will come when she's ready. Um, and anytime someone was like, oh, like, are you worried she's going to come early? I was like, she will come when she's ready. And I'm going to go along with that. Like, I have no control. So um, I like took it easier and made sure that I wasn't doing anything that would put myself into labor um, preterm. But And that was easy because my Braxton Hicks were so intense that it was like, I knew whenever things were get like when I would do too much, my Braxton Hicks would kick in. They'd let you know. They'd let me know. So 
that was cool. Um, so 36 weeks came along and went by and then 37 and then 38 and then 39. And I was like, okay, I made it full term. So she, um, was born at 40 and three. So 40 weeks and three days. So exactly four weeks longer than Chester was inside of me. That is Um, so interesting. It was the hardest four weeks of my life. <laughs> I can't, no, I cannot imagine because my second daughter came, I think it was like, what, four days after my first, and that felt like an extra 40 weeks. So an actual mm-hmm. four weeks more, I just, I can't even imagine. Well, that, and then my Braxton Hicks, right? Yes. So every day from like 35 weeks onward, I was like ready for this baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a hospital bag packed at the beginning and then I unpacked my bag as soon as I hit 37 weeks. <laughs> I was like, this isn't happening. I unpacked it. Um, and every day I had those contractions and I like, we would plan out the day in the morning. It was like, okay, if we're gonna have a baby today, what plans need to change? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it was like, okay, my Braxton Hicks are so intense. Maybe this is labor. Maybe we shouldn't go to this event. But then like, we ended up just throwing all that out the window. And we're like, we went to everything. We were just like, at, at, at some point she's going to come. <laughs> like, and then we'll know. Um, <laughs> but it was like, it was a crazy extra four weeks of waiting. Um, so then kind of as soon as I got to like 39 weeks we were like okay we can start like having sex again and see if that would bring baby along but I'm not gonna do anything else to like I was insistent there would be no like no induction (laughs) measures happening um so when I hit 40 weeks it was like okay I don't even want to talk about it but we were like doing that again so that morning, again, we had sex and at 10.30 a.m., same as Chester, my contraction started. Um, and I was like, okay, well, whatever. Like, this has happened every day, so no big deal. Um, and I, like, had plans with a friend. She brought me lunch and we, like, our kid, yeah, she had, she had just had a, ba- a new baby. Um, so they, like, they were over. And we had this really lovely visit, just like hanging out, drinking tea, eating soup. Um, and we were chatting. And at one point I stood up, like, cause my Braxton Hicks were so intense that I was like standing up and moving. And like, I had my exercise ball and I would move to that. And at like 3.30, she was like, you're moving a lot during your contractions. And I was like, I guess I am. I guess they're more intense than they were. Um, Cause usually I could shift positions or whatever, but I was just like, they were getting more intense. Um, and she left at four and I called my husband and I was like, I think I'm in labor, but I have no signs other than like my contractions are just like making me move more than they normally do. Right. And he was like, well, okay. Like we have people coming over tonight. What do you want to do about that? Oh. <laughs> I was like, they were going to bring Chinese food and I was like, I don't want Chinese food, but if they brought shawarma and as long as they know that if I'm in labor, they might need to leave. Like that's cool with me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so they came over at six, they brought shawarma, which was amazing. Um, and I ate like three bites and like just kept moving through my contractions, but I had no other signs of labor still. So like no mucus plug, no, like, no water breaking like and 
what other signs are there really at that point? Like, right. and I wasn't getting checked. Like I, <laughs> my midwife wasn't checking me. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, our friends came and by like uh, 6.30ish, I was like, this is pretty crazy. So I called my midwife and was like, just a heads up. I'm pretty sure I'm in labor. She's like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to come? And I was like, no, I think we're fine. Like I've got friends over. So I was like, I'll let you know when it gets a little more intense or if I have any other signs. And she was like, okay. <laughs> um, I should have told her to come. Is this the same midwife from the previous it was, birth? It was my secondary. So, um, okay. my, primary midwife for my first birth was no longer available when I had my second but I already knew like the midwife because she she provided the bunch of care during my first so I love her like if she could be there for all my births that'd be amazing she was so great um both of them really um so (laughs) yeah she was just like okay just let me know um because I didn't really have a good like temperature reading on my contractions. Mm -hmm. So she, yeah. Um, I ended up kicking my friends out. I was like, guys, I think you need to go. Like, I think I just need some time with John. He was like needing to put back like pressure on my back Mm -hmm. because like it was pretty intense on my back. Um, and I was like, I think, I think you just gotta go. I asked him to tell them because they kept like trying to have a conversation with me and I could not talk to them during a contraction. But I like, I felt rude and I was just like, okay, I just need the space cause I don't want to be rude. Um, so they helped fill up the birth pool and like set up the birth pool and <gasps> start filling it up. Yep. Before they left. Yep. And we're just like, I, I fully believe in like just people seeing like normal things like normal pregnancy, normal birth, normal breastfeeding, mm-hmm. that I'm just like, it doesn't need to be this weird thing. Like you can be a part of it. Like mm-hmm. baby's going to come. I'll make sure you're not like watching when she comes, but we'll unless you want to, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Um, so they like helped set that up and then they left at 10 after seven. And I just remember going into the bathroom as they left and like tried to go pee and I crumbled onto the floor because sitting on the toilet was just so intense. Oh yeah. Um, and I crumbled onto the floor and I was like, okay, we got to call the midwife. We got to call my birth photographer. Um, so we called them and they were like, okay, we're on our way. Sure. Um, and I just remember like sitting in a ball on the floor and I said to John, I would say this is painful. <laughs> Um, cause the pressure on my back was just so intense. Um, and I co- was really struggling to find a good position. Um, but now that like nobody was home, I put my son to bed at seven. Like we just put him to bed. He was asleep. Um, nobody else was there. So I was like, great, now I can do my thing. Um, so I like got changed and went out to the living room. And I just remember I found like the perfect spot to be laboring while I was waiting for my midwife to arrive and see how things were going. And I was like leaning with my elbows on my couch with my knees on the floor. And I put a towel down. I was like, just in case I like my water breaks or something, because still nothing had happened. These are just little contractions. Um, and yeah, it was just like the perfect position. John started like, I didn't need pressure anymore. So he started getting stuff ready. Like he put on music, he dimmed the lights. He got a little bit of footage of me like laboring. Cause I really wanted some video of that. And, um, 
yeah, it was really like a beautiful, like just calm, like we're getting ready moment. And I guess it was like probably 7.45, I started like feeling the urge to push. Um, and I was like, but nobody was there. It was just us. Oh. Um, and I was like, okay, um, I really wanted, like I really wanted to experience like the fetal um, ejection reflex. Mm-hmm. And I did not want guided pushing at all. So I was like, this is great. I'm getting everything I want. Like nobody's here. Nobody's checking me. Like this is perfect. But, but I was, John was like getting a little nervous that the midwives weren't there. And I was like, John, I think I'm pushing. He was like, um, could you not? be here soon? <laughs> and I was like, oh, we'll be fine. Don't worry. Like I knew she was close. So at 7.53, my midwife walked in the door um, and I was, I said to her, I was like, Maggie, I'm pushing. And she was like, okay, just hang on a second. I need to get some stuff set up. So oh, she goes boy. running around our apartment where we just live in this tiny two bedroom apartment. And she's like frantically setting stuff up. And I'm just like, still totally in my zone. She wasn't like disrupting my peace at all or anything. She was like, she was awesome. She listened to the baby a couple of times. She was doing fine. So she's like, great, I have time to set stuff up. Um, and she's just like doing all of that. And I'm like, I'm pushing. And I like, I had pooped a little bit, like as I was pushing, because I was like fully doing this and John cleaned it up because Maggie wasn't available. Oh. And like, it was so sweet. He was like, he just reminded me that he did that. And I was like, oh yeah, good job. You're awesome. Um, You're like so, basically a midwife apprentice. Yeah. Well, after having Chester, we had said that like he would need to learn how to catch a baby just in case. Right. But then we both like insisted that we were going to have this really long, gloriously like drawn out labor. Mm-hmm. Um, so we never did that. <laughs> Looking back, we should have like still done some practice, whatever. Um, so yeah, my, my midwife came over to check her heart rate again and it had dropped a little bit. And I think that was just like, she was coming through the birth canal and right. like, yeah, but my water hadn't broken yet or anything. So as I like, my midwife was like, can you move up onto the couch just so I can get a better listen and see how far you are. And as I did, um, like baby basically came out oh <laughs> just <my> like <laughs> So because I had been pushing all along, when I moved positions, I think I just opened my pelvis right up and she yeah. just like, um, my midwife kind of like tugged on the, um, the, sorry, my bag of waters because it was super bulgy, like between my legs as I stood up. Um, and she like kind of tugged on that as I laid back down and like my water gushed and my baby was like born. It just so slid her- out. <laughs> Yeah, her head came out a bit and I like was so like, what is happening? I put my hand down between like between my legs to feel her head. My midwife was like, what are you doing? Because she thought I was trying to keep her in. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I just want to feel her. Like, what the heck? And and she just like, yeah, came right out. And um, so my midwife had been in the room for eight minutes before NASA was born. <laughs> Perfect timing. So yeah. did the birth photographer make it? No. Uh, Not at all. Um, she came as the placenta was born. Well, and we had also planned to have both of our moms there, like my mom and my husband's mom, um, in case Chester needed any support or whatever, because I wanted Chester to see it, but he went to sleep. Um, 
and they wanted to see the birth and I was like cool that'd be great uh we called them when the placenta was born like they didn't they didn't even know I was in labor till the baby was already out (laughs) yeah maybe next time (laughs) maybe we'll see um (laughs) Yeah. So it was just like such a wild experience. She came right up onto my chest. She actually latched on like immediately. Wow. Um, And I was like, what? You're like, you're not supposed to do this this soon, but like, (laughs) cool that you want to. And like, we just cuddled and like, I was super shaky um, as I was after Chester too. Like just, I think the like fast uh, like fast pace of my labors, like just like everything hits right as soon as right. the babies are born. And I like go into shock. Yeah. Um, and it was like, yeah, people came, like both our moms came and actually my husband's dad and my birth photographer. So our living room was pretty full pretty quickly. And I just like, all I remember is like Jonathan and NASA. Like I don't remember anyone else like in the room really. Cause it was just like so much happening like hormonally and stuff. Right. That's so interesting too. I just keep thinking about like you shifting positions and kind of opening your pelvis up. And she was just like, okay, thanks mom. Just going to slide on out. (laughs) Yeah. It was so crazy. Like, and, and my midwife had said something about like, okay, her heart rate is like dropped. Like you you really should bring this baby out soon. And I was like, okay, (laughs) like, I'm not changing anything I'm doing. Like, I hear you. (laughs) I'm not going to try harder. I'm trying plenty hard. Um, And yeah, it was just like, it was such a surreal thing of like, both times my babies were born. I wasn't, there wasn't this like, come on, baby. It was like, what? How did you do this? (laughs) Like they, it felt like they did more of the work than I did. Um, And it was definitely hard work, but yeah, it was definitely like we were doing it together. That is so wonderful. Yeah. Those, those precipitous fast births, it definitely leaves you thinking like, what just happened? Like I just, one of my friends just gave birth a week ago and she went from seven centimeters to a baby on her chest in like five minutes. And Mm. it was just the shock of like, how did you get here? Like what even happened for you to get here? That's so cool. Yeah. It's just like, it was crazy for me because like with NASA, I never got checked. So I never knew how dilated I was and I didn't want to know. Um, but then looking back, I've been able to kind of pinpoint, oh, that was my point of transition. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, it's just like, it was such a surreal thing of like, I feel like traditionally people use their like points of dilation as like mile markers for how far along they are. And I have none of those. Um, <laughs> I don't really know. And I think that's so cool. Like, it's just so unique because um, my babies come when they're ready. I think that's amazing. And that was your mm-hmm. mantra. She'll come when she's ready. And she sure did. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Well, so you mentioned before we started interviewing, you were talking about how, you know, you had these Braxton Hicks contractions. And then with your second baby, you had, you did not stop contracting. Is that right? Yeah. So what so- was that like? <laughs> I was so excited to have had my baby because I was like, thank God my contractions will be done. Mm-hmm. But every time she latched um, or like I was emotionally stimulated or anything, um, my uterus would continue to contract. So they say like two to three days, you'll feel it like for the after pains. Um, for me, it was eight days. Oh. Um, and I remember on the eighth day, um, I was in the bathroom trying to go pee and like, my contractions were stronger. Well, okay. They were so intense 
and I was so scared because I thought something was wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, so I remember being in more pain than I had ever been in either of my labors. Um, because I, and I honestly think it's because I was so terrified that something was wrong. I was like, I've retained a part of my placenta or something has happened. Like I'm in trouble. And, and I didn't understand what the pain was. And I was just, I was screaming and I don't like, I don't yell, I don't scream. Like, but I was so scared. And my husband was just like holding our brand new baby and our toddler. And like, I'm losing it in the bathroom. Um, so we called my midwives, um, and ended up talking to another midwife at the practice. And she was like, I think maybe you should go to a hospital and get checked out. Like, this sounds like, she's like, I've never heard of this. This is so Mm. strange. Um, but I really didn't want to take my new baby to the hospital. And I'd like, what do you do to feed your baby if you're not with them? Like I hadn't pumped anything and she was so young. Um, so thankfully my family doctor actually like fit me in that evening. And I went in and they checked everything out, palpated my uterus. Everything was looking totally fine. There was nothing retained. Um, And my doctor told me, he was like, I think you might just be acutely aware of your uterus. Um, He's like, you might just feel more than most women do. Mm. And I was like, excuse me, that's a thing? (laughs) Well, that's not helpful. (laughs) Yeah, he basically was like, yeah, your, your uterus continues to contract down to size for a while. Most people don't feel it, but because you're feeling it, like that's likely just like, that's all it is. You're just feeling it when most people don't. And I was like, oh my goodness. And sure enough, like I had like the slightest bit the next day, but that was it. And like everything went like back to normal. But I've noticed since, since then my period cramps have been really, really intense whenever I get my period. Hmm. And I actually think like, yeah, things must be, I must just be like really aware. Aware. Yep. You know, that's interesting. And this is, this is for, I'm talking to you, but also listeners, if this Mm -hmm. is something that you're struggling with, like period pain, I just listened to, um, a wine and guine episode podcast episode, which are the, the midwives from beautiful one midwifery, um, Mm -hmm. And they were talking about vaginal steaming for all kinds of mm-hmm. like postpartum and um, period discomfort. I wonder if that would be of any benefit. I don't know, but I've actually um, in my doula training that came up and I <gasps> thought the same thing um, of like, that might be really a big deal. So it's something that I think I will try. Well, try it out and get back to me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and actually in your, um, in your class, um, the founders prenatal class, sorry, my brain is blanking. Um, you talked about happy home birth Academy. I'm like, my, my mind's blanking too. What is that called? called? Um, yeah, you mentioned, um, a certain, I think it was a vitamin. I wrote it down. Um, that would be like helpful for um, managing Braxton Hicks. Um, I don't know if you would remember that now. now. Uh, calcium is supposed, well, I'm trying to think what it, now I don't know. I know I, that CBD oil helped me postpartum. That's what it was. Okay. It was. That's what it was. It was CBD oil. And I was like, I am doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Anything really I can did. find. That helped. I mean, it, for me, it, it took all of the, like the edge off. Like it was, it it went from like, oh, this is really uncomfortable to oh, this is fine. So hopefully yeah. that would be amazing if that helped. 
Yeah, I'm just like building my like list of things so that <laughs> if I have, if and when I have another baby, like we're prepared. Ready to go. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Megan, your stories are just fascinating. I am so grateful that you came on and shared them. It was such a joy to hear them. Mm, thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been so cool to like get to share my story. Oh, I've loved it. And I know that the listeners are going to appreciate it. It's so, I mean, every birth story, you know, every birth is different. Every mom's experience is different, but it's just so fascinating to hear the whole gamut. And definitely Mm -hmm. sounds like you've got some precipitous births there after crazy Braxton Hicks for, you know, (laughs) going for unassisted next time, maybe. There you go. We'll (laughs) we'll see what happens. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Megan. Thanks, Caitlin. What a blast that episode was. Gosh, it is so much fun to connect with my friends that I have gained through this podcast. Megan, after she joined the founding members of Happy Home Birth Academy, and then getting to speak to her one-on-one after was just such a treat for me. So thank you so much, Megan, for coming on the podcast. It was truly a joy. Now, as we head into the episode roundup, which by the way, what a story. (laughs) I have two big thoughts. Number one, pregnancy like birth is wild. It can be experienced differently from person to person and pregnancy to pregnancy. And let's be honest, sometimes it just does not feel good. Megan's constant experience of Braxton Hicks contractions during her two pregnancies is a great example of things just kind of stinking sometimes. This is why it's so important to listen to your body. When it says rest, rest. Megan did this when needed and it's so important to remember even if your experience isn't as intense as hers. And the second thing, this is just me taking a moment to celebrate those loving, in-tune partners. When at the hospital, Megan's husband, Jonathan, realized she was struggling with having so many people descend upon her room. He was not afraid to speak out and let everyone know that they needed to back up. I'm sure Megan will never forget that kind act, and I am sure that it grew their relationship even closer. Working on your relationship with your partner during pregnancy and connecting as much as possible is such a good reminder for all of us, and definitely letting them know what your preferences are probably going to be during birth is a huge help. I know that I didn't do that for my husband before my first birth, and it left him kind of uncertain of what his role was. Now, then when we go to my second birth, I definitely prepared him beforehand and it was one of the most bonding experiences of our entire relationship. So if you will just let them know what you want, oh, what a help. All right, my friends, that is all I have for you today. I thank you so much for listening to this podcast and I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Hey, are you finding these stories and interviews helpful? Support the show by heading to myhappyhomebirth.com and purchasing a t-shirt, candles, or even just clicking share on your social media